You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we are going to be talking about the first episode of Marvel's What If. Howard, get ready. Agent Carter. What are you doing? Agent Carter, what are you doing? This is our only chance. Now! Okay, well, I have to say that I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I really enjoyed this first episode. I wasn't sure what we were going to get, but I thought the animation was beautiful. Uh, I thought, you know, the fact that they got, you know, most of the 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 original, you know, cast and crew back, yep. to, or at least cast, sorry, cast back to 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 voice the 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 characters other than uh other than chris evans to to be he must have been too expensive he must have been he must have been too expensive or Or just like i'm out guys i don't know um but i love that i love that these guys came back to do it um man yeah i just really i really enjoyed it kind of seeing what it would look like if if uh captain carter were the first avenger instead i don't know just very very cool premise uh, I had no expectations walking into what if, and uh, they've they're definitely met for sure um, and exceeded absolutely. So, uh, what did you think? What are your thoughts? So I I thought that the, I mean let's just start with the animation. I thought the animation was really interestingly done, especially the use of light, mm-hmm. which I thought was really effective. Um, uh, yeah, the uh, it had a sense of three dimensionality without say, yeah. being three dimensional. Right. Well, if you, I don't know if you remember back like the early, it was, it was like early two thousands when they started Disney even started doing this too, was mixing like 2d animation with like this three dimensional CG mm-hmm. aspect. And it always looked a little weird, but it looked cool at the same time. This feels like they've taken it and they've figured out how to incorporate like 3d animation with 2d design. Right. You know, and I thought it, I thought it looked really cool. It added a lot of depth and uh, dimension to, and, the and world. it allowed the light that was throughout the piece to really land mm-hmm. on objects and contour yeah. them. That was really interesting, and I thought too the use of uh, the themes, fr- the musical themes from the Marvel films, although distorted in ways, or now distorted sounds negative. So. So adjusted in ways yeah. to match the new storyline, I thought was really clever too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I yeah, thought the very scenes cool. were great. Uh, the The idea of one little change making a difference is interesting to me. Um, and I used to read these comics, so I I they were some of my favorite comics that would happen yeah. in Marvel. There is one big distinction between the TV show and the comics for me, and that is I felt like the box was a little too neatly tied up in that the beats of the Marvel universe weren't substantially altered. Okay. So I see, you know, Mm -hmm. Carter disappears and comes back and meets Nick Fury Mm -hmm. in the same way. It's just a different disappearance, Mm -hmm. you know, caused by the cosmic cube, but the, the, that you're saying it's too clean, felt too clean. It's too, it's too much mirroring what actually happened in, in the real universe. That doesn't for me detract from the quality and entertaining value of the story. It's just something I hope we don't see every single one of them do. Sure. I don't, I can't imagine. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know. I think uh, I think that, and I think that's the difference between a comic book mm-hmm. and and the movie, right? Or the, or the TV series is that we have to on film things have to be resolved, especially in an anthology sort of series. Which right. I'm gonna say, I after this episode, I don't think that this is gonna be the last time we see agent uh, or captain carter agreed i am going to go out on a limb right now and say we will see live action captain carter really you think so i think we will i am pretty confident we're going to see her again in a future oh i undoubtedly in another what if i think but i am going to go out on a limb right now and say i think we'll see live action captain carter that's an exciting thought it is very exciting. Yeah. It it if they don't do it, it feels like a huge missed opportunity. Um, well, I mean, talk about the girl power issue that we need to see. Right, seeing her without even a blink. First of all, they let her say all the things that need to be said about the way women are treated, which is great. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we get a really strong sense of her as a heroic figure mm-hmm. without a, a single trip up. In relationship to her need to go do the what would in what in the original Captain America film are the manly ends of it, right? And and th- there's something about that that's really great that they didn't have her like double thinking or second guessing herself. They let her be the heroic lead, right? Right, and take charge and and do it. Yeah. Um, let me explain. I think a little bit where I think that. She- I, I really do think that she's going to come in live action. Yeah, let me hear it. Um, so leading up to Endgame, right? You have ten years or eleven years of character build up, character development, introduction of dozens of characters, big and small, right? Some who are side characters and some who own the screen. And the moment they're all standing there, and Steve gets the hammer, and and says that famous line, right? Assemble. The payoff is a ten, a ten or eleven year old payoff, right? It's it's that building. Right. They if they are ever going to match that feeling ever again, they have to they have to do that same thing. They just can't wait as long. And so you're looking at our big bad. We theorize obviously we we were looking at Kang Kang being that big bad, and that that moment being what quantum mania somewhere in that region of that same kind of end game vibe. And so I think what they're going to do with what if is introduce even more of these characters and those characters are going to be able to come out of multiverse, right? So they're able to just quickly steal characters. Some who we already know, imagine a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man standing next to Peter Parker Spider-Man. Right. And potentially God, if they can include a Miles Morales Spider-Man in there, Oh my God, then You've just, and I mean, even a Gwen Stacy Spider-Man, you're, you've pleased the entire Spider-Man right. community. And like that alone will give people goosebumps. Those five, all five of them there. But then you have Captain Carter and you have, you know, all of these different people they're going to, they're going to include from the, well, you have the Killmonger. Right. Right. You have Killmonger. Do, com- they're doing, right. They're exactly. doing Killmonger sort of two ways. And that's how you get Killmonger back. And, and so all you have to do is bridge them to our sacred timeline. And all of a sudden it's again 50 avengers versus kang and or versus the kangs the kangs right the council of kang right and so i think that's where that's going to come in and that would be pretty exciting if they 
live action any of these figures i mean uh, there some of these are not going to be able to make that leap right, right. because we right. you know chadwick Boseman yeah. is not going to be able to be back on screen mm -hmm. uh for one of these and certainly the zombies episode isn't going to run that way but i think no. you may be right mm -hmm. about that and it's pretty interesting and it does give us a way that um you know i mean steve rogers is gone in that universe right, right? well so, and they don't want to replace him Right. right. They I mean, you and you don't want to discredit what um, you don't want to discredit Sam. Right. As the new Captain America. And so you bring in Captain Britain, essentially. Right. Which, right. Exactly. Right. Who exists. Right. Except you you make them Captain Carter instead. And now you have Captain Britain in the in the MCU, um, along with along with Torres's Falcon and the White Wolf and Captain America. So you have. You have two shield wheel, two shield wielding superheroes, and you've never and and you haven't replaced or diminished Steve Rogers or or Sam Wilson. Right. I think that's actually that's a good point. I really think I that's the way I see it going, and that's the only way I see it going. So, well, and let me say too, I think that one of the things they did really well with well, Haley Atwell is great, right? And you don't have to worry about her because she's already gone. So, like, if you can merge her in, like, it just makes sense for her. To be in the present because Peggy has already passed. Right. So there is no There's, conflict with right, the other character. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah. I, I, they let her quip in a comic book way mm -hmm. throughout. And I thought that was really charming. That sort of blind innocence of this S Steve Rogers, young Steve Rogers, the Steve Rogers of the first Avenger yeah. film. Um, she's exactly the opposite, right? She's smart. She's, she's quippy. She's, uh, clever um, she feels very contemporary yeah um, and those things really worked and Haley Atwell pulls them off really wonderfully I was very surprised they had Steve as a sidekick um, yeah as like the Iron Giant as, essentially as sort of yeah. Iron Giant. yeah yeah and or, you know this initial sort of Iron Man figure that he he becomes and I but I thought that really worked I did too know? yeah I thought it was cool I love the fact that they didn't like Again, obviously they wouldn't have ruined his character, but it shows like just how good of a guy Steve was right? to be able to just, you know, he was joking, but there was a lot of sadness in his joke about like, I'm still like this little scrawny kid. And, uh, but he, he was still like happy for her. Mm -hmm. He was, he was, um, proud of her. He was proud of the work he's, he's doing, um, even though he didn't get to become, you know, the soldier that he wanted to be. Yeah, and she certainly still has the relationship right. with him, and that says something about a lot. love mm -hmm. versus love of muscles, right? Whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And th so there's all of that lovely work. And I think part of why this what if works, and we'll see if the other ones do as well, is that the groundwork is laid so heavily by all of the films that mm -hmm. they can really shortcut things we know the symbolic language we know the right the the notes that that are being played out and mm -hmm. we can grab them which for me is why i i'm a little bothered by yeah. how well it buttons up i was gonna say it's clean because it has to be clean because they need to jump around because we know the notes like we've seen first avenger right. a lot and so when he makes a bail bonds joke like we understand what he's talking right. about when the the howling commandos bust through the door and you you have the same shot in animation form as you did in in a live action, it it plays and you can jump through the, you can jump right. through this this the 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 series doing that. 
the beats were different, right? They were in different places. They right. were fighting different things. Mm-hmm. That's fine. In, in a way, one of the things that the What If comic did that I think it feels like they're going to be avoiding here. Maybe I'm wrong. We may see it because I don't know how the zombies one possibly isn't that <laughs> way. Um, is that there was always a sense of tragedy, loss, or mistake. So one mm-hmm. of the things that the comic did is it sort of showed you how the, things could have gone better or worse, but not the I same. See, I see. So like, what if Uncle Ben didn't die? What happens to Spider-Man? I see. And Spider-Man is, Spider-Man's life is not successful in the way it is because of that that tragedy is critical to Spider-Man's development. Right. In a way, it was a legitimizing of what the comics did. And sometimes it was just fun, like something that was fun and off the wall, but the world changed in a way. Something happened that 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 you had to reflect and say, oh, I'm glad that isn't what it was. Well, there. and that's where I thought they were going to go a little bit, yeah. was like, it would have been nice even to even, they didn't necessarily have to show it, but to hear a little bit about like, you know, so so Captain Carter was transported to the future she took Steve's mantle, but she was never worthy to hold Mjolnir, and so therefore they never defeated Thanos, and Thanos won, right? Like that could have, that would have been what you're talking about, right? Like for worse, right. that change eliminated half of all life, or that we never get the Falcon, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't want to go as much as half of life doesn't get, we never get the Falcon. Mm-hmm. That that changed, or that there's a romantic relationship that builds between her and the Falcon and that that's a significant difference. Right. They confront the issue of race. Like that's what what if in the comics pushed towards Mm -hmm. in its best issues. This didn't do that, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean like that's such a, that's a quibble for me Mm -hmm. because the quality of the storytelling was strong. Right. And certainly um, it was fun to watch. It was definitely fun to watch. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to uh, to next week's episode, which is, I think, the uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord right, episode. Promise it to be pretty good. Yeah. Anything else to add on? No, that's it. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast as we kind of go through the What If series from Marvel. Uh, we've been reviewing all of Marvel's TV series on Disney Plus this year. I think we have actually just a recap episode of WandaVision, and then we've gone through fully for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all of Loki, and we'll be doing the same for Hawkeye and every other, really every other series and movie that comes out this year. There's a lot of them. So we're very excited for what the MCU is uh, doing, what Marvel's doing, and uh, where the MCU is heading, and uh, it should certainly be a fun, fun ride. Um, Check out our other episodes if you like movies check out some of the other episodes we just reviewed uh uh suicide squad the, the suicide squad which is a ball uh so definitely check that out and uh jump on on onto letterboxd and and find us on letterboxd it's a social media platform for movie lovers and you can connect with us over there see some other films that we're watching other reviews that we're leaving for um films like in the mood for love or uh just stuff we're not reviewing here on the podcast essentially um And uh, yeah, follow us over there. Yep. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week with more What If. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.